This is Beth Bruno, and you're listening to the Fierce and Lovely Podcast. Welcome back to the Fierce and Lovely Podcast, where each week my daughters and I process topics that moms and teens are asking about. Helping you foster a more connected relationship and maybe learning about Gen Z along the way. fierce and lovely moms are gathering to build deeper connection with their daughters around issues they are facing. From there, we explore our girls' glory and our own story, but we start with a pressing topic. In that, I get to interview experts, and I'll be sharing snippets of some of those conversations on this podcast as I dive deeper with Ella and Sophie. This week, we're talking about body image with Heather Creekmore, author of Compared to Who and speaker, coach, and podcast host. Let's dive in. Where do you think some of that comes from when we're so young? Where do we get that deep sense that we aren't how we should be? Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I believe ultimately it comes from the enemy, right? I'd like we're we're in a war for our lives <laughs> from the very beginning. And and so I think ultimately those whispers come from the enemy. Those lies come from the enemy. And as I've worked with women over over the last almost 10 years, it's interesting that there seems to be a set like pattern. There's just certain phrases, certain lies that he uses on women and and girls specifically in this case. And so as I've shared my story about hearing those whispers that my legs were too big, it's been interesting the number of women that have written me and said, I heard the same one. Yep. Same story, exact same line. Now, beyond that, there are things that you know, exist all around us, even in the early 80s, um, that reinforce those lies. And so I think as moms, we have a really difficult job, right? Because it's not only do we have to help our daughters combat the lies that they're hearing in their head that, I mean, it's great that your daughter shared that with you, but I believe a lot of girls just keep those trapped in here and they don't say them out loud. So not only do we have to help navigate, okay, what could you be hearing? And then we've got the tricky part of, well, I don't want to put ideas in your head. So I don't want to say anything and give you any, like feed you any material, but what, you know, what, what are you thinking about this? Um, so that's all a big tricky mess, but then we've got culture reinforcing that everywhere you turn from, you know, television to magazines, to billboards, to social media, of course. And even if your daughter's not on social media or you don't buy her magazines um, and she just consumes a little bit of television, say, like she's still hearing messages of school from girls that are consuming all of this stuff. And so it's almost impossible to keep them inoculated (laughs) from hearing these messages that are saying, yep, this is where your value comes from, how you look. That's the most important thing about you. Uh, so it's it's really tricky. Um, yeah, I mean, everywhere around us, we're hearing these messages. Yeah, but I think you're right in that 
And that's proof in that the the line, the whisper that mm -hmm. we're hearing is not that unique. It's not that mm -hmm. different. Our enemy is not that creative. And if that's what women and girls are getting, then we ought to pay attention that that's, Absolutely. yeah, that it starts with an attack. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I don't know about you guys, that was really powerful for me to think about, like, there's a reason why 99% of women around the world struggle with body image. It's, it's the enemy just implanting lies into our heart and soul and mind. Why do you think about that? I think it's so true. And it makes a lot of sense. I think it is a little relieving to know that there's a reason for it. And you're not just, I don't know, hating on yourself just because, or because there's actually something wrong. It's, it's nice to know that you are not the cause, you know, or that culture is not always the cause, right? Like mm -hmm. it's not the evil magazines and TV shows and Hollywood and music industry that are just feeding us these lies that, mm -hmm. that those like perpetuate it for sure. Reinforce it. Like she said, but that there's a bigger, bigger thing at work mm -hmm. that seeks to kill and, and destroy the soul of women. Mm -hmm. And that for me, I mean, not to like overly spiritualize this, but that for me felt like, what? that makes so much sense. Well, when she was talking, I was just thinking about how the enemy is not very creative. I mean, God implanted a unique diamond in all of us. Um, and he was so creative with that. And yet the enemy, he's just like, he's getting lazy. <laughs> um, he's feeding us all the same lies and we're all struggling with that together. But God is telling us that we're unique and we're special and we're beautiful. Mm -hmm. Tell me more about what you just referenced, the diamond. Yeah. So um, on a backpacking trip with Restoration Project that I just went on, um, we had this metaphor that there's a, a diamond that God placed in all of us, um, and we held some of the mountain dirt, um, and then there was a diamond that my dad placed inside of all the dirt, and he buried it up, um, and was first... That, was it real? No. <laughs> it was a plastic diamond, but we were telling <laughs> each other that it was a $10,000 diamond, but, um, before the diamond was in there, it was just a pile of dirt, and it was worth nothing. And then when the diamond was in there, it was a $10,000 pile of dirt, but other people are just seeing the dirt around it. And it is our job and it is our parents' job to clear away the dirt and find the diamond that God has placed in each of us. And the diamond itself is a great metaphor because it is the strongest material on earth. And like the way that it's formed made it that way. And all the heat and the pressure that the carbon went through made it the strongest uh, material on earth, but it's also one of the most beautiful materials on earth and all the heat and the pressure made it so beautiful that it's priceless. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. It was a great metaphor. <laughs> <laughs> all of our diamonds are unique and the enemy is not creative at all because it gives us the same lies. Right. Yeah. Okay. Got it. <laughs> Where he could be giving us specific to who we are kinds of lies, mm -hmm. but it's all the same. It's yeah. literally all the same, no matter how you look. And yet it's all power. I mean, it works on all of us. It's all, it's powerful. Mm -hmm. um, girls and women alike are, are struggling with these beliefs of my legs are too big. 
like what she mm-hmm. what she said, or mm-hmm. my nose is too big, or my skin is too brown, or my hair is too whatever. Like it's ubiquitous, and so he is effective, mm-hmm. even though he's not creative, and that's what's heartbreaking is that we are all, you know, succumbing to this attack on really the image of God that we bear to the world, our femininity. And we just are continually attacked mm-hmm. in that. But my body image had become my idol. And, and let me kind of flesh that out a little bit because yeah. that might be a really odd thing <laughs> for some people to hear. So I was raised in church, like I said. And so I knew the Ten Commandments and I knew the first one was about not having any idols. And so we didn't have a garden gnome growing up. Like there were no statues in our house. And I thought, okay, check, like no idols here. We do not have an idolatry problem. And what God showed me through through Tim Keller's book was that an idol is really anything that you look at and believe will save you. Now, I wouldn't have used those semantics. Like I would have never been able to say, I think if I lose weight and get to look like that magazine model, I will be saved. Like that's not the language that I would have put to it Mm -hmm. at the time. But if I really stop and think about it, and, and really I think this is a helpful way for us to think about even the way our girls process, why do we want to look better? Well, if we look better, we believe that we will have more maybe love, attention, respect, or for anyone who's been on every diet out there like I have, or who's tried every fitness program out there like I have, we also believe that if we could just attain that status, like get that weight or you know get that clothing size, then we'd be able to rest. Well, the truth is that, that real rest, real peace, real joy, real love, all of those things really only come from Jesus. And so for me personally, for me to recognize that, wow, I was looking to a thinner, prettier, I don't know, more perfected body to give me things that really only Jesus provides in a genuine way. And and for me, that recognition, that like aha moment was, oh my word, I have made my body image my idol. Mm -hmm. And and then the exciting thing is, I mean, idolatry is sin, right? And so like when I speak to groups of women, it's always like, hey, guess what? It's sin, yay! And no one ever cheers excitedly (laughs) when I say that. But, But here's the thing. I think it's really wonderful news because 90, like, I think the numbers are astounding, but it's like 97% of women globally struggle with body image and like 99.7% of mothers struggle with body image. So, I mean, we're talking about almost 100% of the population. And so what I think happens is a lot of times women believe that body image issues are just a normal girl issue, right? Like you're female, I'm female. We're just going to struggle. That's just the way it goes because I was born a girl. I'm going to have to have these issues. And I believe that if you can find a root of sin in all of that, if you're like, oh, yeah, okay, there is something in there that's that's probably not just a normal girl issue that maybe maybe could be addressed. When you find that root of sin, I mean, the good news is there's a cure for sin, right? Like Jesus gave us a cure for sin. We can confess our sin and he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So. There is a path to freedom, I think, when you figure out that, ooh, idolizing my body, idolizing my beauty, idolizing my body image um, actually has a root of sin, and I can be free from that, and I don't have to lug around these 
normal girl issues for the rest of my life. So, so I get excited about that because I think there's great hope and freedom when you, when you can make that, um, make that recognition. Wow. So I, it's fascinating that like all, you knew all the verses and all the right things and had been to all the conferences and probably read a lot of Christian dieting, eating better kinds of books. Like you knew it all, Mm -hmm. but it took, it just took a different timing in your life, a different way of talking about the, the sin component for it to awaken you differently. So I really loved what she said um, about having idols. I always thought idols were something you would focus on more than God, but I loved how she explained it of idols are something that you believe will save you. And I think that honestly, throughout my life, I've had, it, it's been like body image for me, um, or it's turned into personality at some points. Like, oh, if you are just like, if you have the kind of personality that this person has, um, people will like you more. Or if you look like this certain way, people will like you more. So I loved how she put words to that. I think that's all something we need to hear is that what do you actually think the, that, like the reason you are living? Like, what do you think your purpose is? And if you say your purpose is to fit into a certain size of jeans, like you need to rethink your life a little bit. <laughs> I loved how she said, you know, so many of those things are, it's the promise of rest once we achieve them. Mm-hmm. So we don't, and I love that because that's so much more subtle of a motivation or of a belief, a hope that we'll attain. We don't always or all of us think, okay, if I get to this certain size, then I'm going to be able to, you know, finally run this marathon, right? Like that's not what most of us are thinking. Or Mm -hmm. if I get to this certain weight, then I'm going to buy myself a whole new wardrobe and that's going to be my reward. Like not many of us would would set that kind of reward out for Mm -hmm. ourselves. Um, And not all of us are consciously thinking, if I could only you know, get down to what her weight is, then I'll fit into that friend group. I mean, that's, that's maybe there when we're younger at different times, but it's not like the forefront thought. Mm-hmm. I think the the motivation for many of us is this belief that I can stop worrying about it every morning. If I get to that point, mm-hmm. I won't look in the mirror every morning and feel this way again and again and again, but it's I can never rest. ending. Yeah, um, I feel like I saw some meme or image or something of this guy climbing a ladder, but the ladder literally never ended. And he got up to the top of what he thought was the highest rung and then realized, oh, he's just at the bottom of a whole new ladder, which is really powerful because you can start at a certain weight and then lose 10 pounds and then you'll be like, oh gosh, I'm still 10 pounds too heavy but you didn't you don't remember where you came from. So, I think there's no I think I wouldn't say solution, but I think a healing from that would come from realizing that our life is not about climbing the ladder. It's about finding God wherever you are on it. <laughs> well, I love what she said about it's if that is our idol, then it is sinful. Mm-hmm. And if it's sin, then there's actually a cure for sin. We actually know what to do with sin. And she said, confess and experience God's righteousness. We're forgiven. We know that to be true, right? Like Mm -hmm. if we treat it truly as sin, then there's hope. Yeah. If we don't view it as sin 
And we view it as this perpetual girl issue that we're just always going to struggle with. There's no hope. There's no hope. There's no hope for relief that we would ever um, experience a different kind of morning when we wake up. Mm-hmm. Sophie, what are your thoughts around that concept of, of it being an idol and to actually have so much focus and attention on on it is actually sinful? Well, I mean, my original perception of idols were like a, the golden cow, right? Um, like an actual statue, like what she said, of something that you worship. But to know that like, it's not that, it's like an actual idea. And I think at camps that I've been to, like Christian camps, um, they've talked about that a little bit. And I remember one pastor was like talking about like food can be your idol. It's just like, what is your focus? Focus. Yeah. And I've caught myself like thinking those two, those things too. Like if I can just do this, then it'll be fine. But like, if I can just have like this one pair of jeans, then I'll be fine. And like, it's just, it's never ending. It's like the ladder that you were talking about. Um, it'll never be enough. But, like, with the sin thing, like, we can teach ourselves to not lie. And, like, lying is a sin, too. And so I feel like we can also teach ourselves to love our bodies and to love ourselves. Mm-hmm. Because it's not just a girl problem. It is a sin, and it's what the enemy tells us. Mm-hmm. I know we've talked about, you know, ways to free our, our minds a little bit from the constant bombardment of, of the cultural message that's reinforcing those mm-hmm. underlying lies we talked about, like, okay, you need to step away from YouTube because all you're seeing are these gorgeous fitness bodies and it influences you whether you think so or not. Mm-hmm. You need to step away from TikTok for the same reason, mm-hmm. right? We've talked about that. And yet when we really think about it in the whole ladder illustration, Ella, there's always something else, right? If you're mm-hmm. not looking at YouTube and you're not watching TikToks, there's a, there's something else. Yeah. Even your own friends mm-hmm. that you would compare yourselves to like there's always something more and putting a band-aid on such a deep wound is not going to heal anything Mm -hmm. so the only way to cure that is to confess and to seek after god and because it is a sin we don't like the culture is not the root cause of hurt body image yeah i think like honestly deleting tiktok didn't really help me that much just because like I am my own enemy um and I was comparing myself to friends and to my sister so like deleting TikTok wasn't what helped me yeah it did nothing actually for your mind and Mm -hmm. what you were thinking yeah yeah I feel like I feel like (laughs) this is just kind of giving me whole new categories to think about this and even to see where where we've made mistakes and how we've thought about it wrongly and I just love her wisdom Thanks for listening to the Fierce and Lovely podcast. You can find more great resources on raising teen girls in 2020 at www.fierceandlovely.org. And if you're feeling overwhelmed, lonely, or stuck, well, every month a community of women is coming together online to become more intentional mothers to teen girls and to develop the connection they deeply long for. We call it the Fierce and Lovely Moms Membership Community, and you can learn all about it at fierceandlovely.org. Can we talk a little bit about why I'm seeing the 80s <laughs> in your closet? 
because it's <laughs> an error of fashion I, I just don't think ought to be replicated. Well, we're, we're seeing Converse. We're seeing wide pants. We're seeing... I'm wearing some right now, actually. We're seeing lots of crop tops. We're seeing... We're seeing the 80s, and I'm just, I'm just really thankful that it's not a different decade, honestly. Well, it is. It's like 70s, too, and I don't it's know, it just it depends on people's yeah. style. I'm, yeah, sorry. I think we've just, like, run out of ideas, <laughs> um, so we have to go back, and we're not bringing all the things from the 80s back, like the weird hair, hair like the <laughs> giant bracelets, um, like I remember yeah. one Halloween we dressed up as... 80s people, and it was like, it was all out. It was all out. And we are not doing that. We're bringing out the cute stuff. (laughs) Okay, which is what, according to you? Which is the pants that I'm wearing right now. You said we're in your closet in the 80s. So jeans, primarily. Jeans, yes. Um, I'm really, really glad the early 2000s have not come back yet. With the super low-rise jeans, um, that boot cut it out a little bit at the bottoms, and then, like, mid-drift shirts. We love the first grade. Oh, that, I mean, those 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 two things together—the midriff shirts and the low-rise jeans—just did not work. Well, in fifteen years, you're going to be having a conversation like this with one of your young kids, <laughs> and they're going to be all about it. So. Oh goodness, I hope not. <laughs> Let it die.